Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back, everyone. Uh, We'd love to tell you about a free course you can download called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. It is a foundational course that gives you access to great information on how to heal if you're the one that's been betrayed, if you've broken the trust, or support for the couple. You can click on the link in the show notes and download it right away. All right. Thanks Mm -hmm. for that. And we're going to dive in and talk about how to not ruin your apology. You ever had a rough apology? (laughs) We've all had a rough apology. Yeah. I've received. We've all given and received. And received, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I don't pretend for one minute that it's everybody else that's given me terrible apologies. Like no. I've, I've been very much an actor in that yeah. drama. So Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a dicey area because when it comes, apologizing, even though it is intended to be for somebody else and to do some repair in a relationship, it also is very entirely personal. And some people, I mean, depending on their life experience and where they've come from, they, you know, they might genuinely believe that just apologizing at all is total weakness. Mm -hmm. And so how can they bring that to their relationship? Yeah, because it's, it's vulnerable and it's. Yeah, well, yeah, it certainly feels. It's it's revealing, it's exposing, it's. Yeah. And man, most of us, I certainly know how that feels at different times, can struggle with just that level of exposure. Yeah. And even I think another challenge with it is coming into an apology, having an agenda that the other person will also. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. Right. It's, yeah. It's like it's a bargain. apologize for my part. Yeah. It's transaction. They'll apologize for their part and then. We'll be good. Yep. We can high five and carry on with our lives. (laughs) Yeah. So it, yeah, I think that it can get uh, derailed when we have, what is Robert? Glover say, and no more Mr. Nice Guy, he calls them covert contracts. Yeah. We have a covert contract in the apology that, you know, if I, then they'll kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So apologizing is, is, I mean, on its face, it seems simple, right? Just say you're sorry. And, and sometimes that's enough and that well, works. And it seems to work for kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some magic there. Sometimes I watch how simple it is and I'm like, yeah. dang, how? How we've, do we outgrow that? We've had some grudge holding children though. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. It's not, not every I mean, time. those of you listening- Maybe I'm thinking of like a couple of neighbors on the playground. That's yeah. A, that's a, but Siblings. Most people with neighbors <laughs> are pretty decent. Yeah. Jody and I teach the children at church and we've seen some siblings in there. It's hilarious. <laughs> some grudges going on. Good cross, stuff. Cross the room. Oh, we love it. It just is so real. It yeah. Just, yeah. Just people working out their stuff. <laughs> so we, you know, we want to help you improve your ability to apologize. That's, we want to talk about that today. Yeah. But we also come into this, like we're talking about here, just recognizing the humanness of it and how difficult it is. Mm-hmm, and yeah. even though it's serious business, it's also just hard to do well. Mm-hmm. 
It just is. We get in our own ways. Oh, yeah. It takes me a long time to apologize. It does? <laughs> I know. You and haven't I, noticed this yet, but I thought I'd... And sometimes I worry I apologize too fast, maybe <laughs> so, as a way to like get out of the pain really quickly. So it's been good for me to sit with it longer and take longer to apologize. Mm-hmm. And it's... and. uh I think you've sped it I up. I just take a while. By a few minutes over 27 years. <laughs> yeah, I just take time to yeah. kind of like sort through it and But it's thoughtful it and, when, you and then apologize, when I apologize, it's for real. It's for real. It's not superficial. And I've always loved that. So The, so, the two apologies I've received. <laughs> and <I'm>, <laughs> they're both pretty special. They've been amazing. <laughs> okay, so some of the hallmarks of, of a bad apology are making excuses instead of yeah. just owning something that went wrong. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Like when I, I do a lot of uh, therapeutic disclosures and I've, we've had podcasts on this. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a really formal process, you know, with a therapist or a coach where you're really working through telling your story and really making deep amends for specific things that have happened that have injured the relationship. But what's interesting is that when a lot of my clients are writing out their disclosure, there's such a temptation to put in I call it the origin story. Yeah. The the backstory, the all the details. There's like, but it sounds like excuses. Like mm-hmm. to the person who's receiving the apology or the or the disclosure in this case. It yeah. sounds like excuses. And but the temptation is to, man, if like they could just understand all the the context, what led up. And uh, but I think that all of that is really coming from a place as humans where we just really want to see ourselves as as earnest and good and well-intentioned that maybe we're not the monsters that this person thinks we are. Mm -hmm. And so we have a tendency to, I mean, make excuses on, you know, that's the sort of the general term we're talking about now, but it can come in the form of reasons, backstory, just all this extra stuff that really Mm -hmm. complicates the apology and takes the focus off of what happened. And instead it shifts the focus onto like, you shouldn't be so upset with me because look at all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody bridge that that gap when they see all the context and there is, and they're, you know, in some ways growing in their compassion for themselves for right. for where they've been? Yeah. How, how does somebody bridge that gap? I think it's timing. Okay. I think it's timing. I think the person who's been hurt just on, like, right out the gate just needs to know that that what the pain they've experienced without any knowledge about anything matters. Mm-hmm. That there's remorse, there's, there's, you know, you're hurting with them. You recognize the impact you've had on them. And so all the filler, backstory, context, origin story, whatever you want to call it, I think in the safety of that relationship can matter later. In the connection, it can matter later. But there's a real risk. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of trust. And patience. And patience to to let that play out, to Mm -hmm. take the time for that. Because the tendency is to to not believe that the other person will see you in a good light. And sometimes it's challenging because we can be in relationship with people who never want to hear the other stuff. Yeah. And they just just Mm -hmm. expect their apology and they're going to keep you in the doghouse or the on the hot seat. You know, so every case is different, but... And I guess if that comes up, then that has to be addressed as a dynamic in the relationship down the road. But in that moment, as a general rule, all that extra stuff makes the apology more diluted, I think. Yeah. It becomes more self-protective. Okay. Yeah. Self-protective. Mm-hmm. And like a true and genuine apology isn't 
encumbered not, with all of that. No, it's it doesn't not, say, I'm sorry, but uh-huh. or here's everything. I'm sorry I, if you uh-huh. were offended. Yeah. Yeah. You really are. I mean, you really are caring about that uh-huh. person's experience and feelings. And that's what you're addressing. Right. And, and there's, there's a, there's a, you're extending trust and faith and hope in that person's capacity to see you in a better light down the road. You have to tolerate that, that uncertainty. That's yeah. hard. That's hard. And yeah. if it's a troubled relationship where maybe, you know, there's never really been any sort of benefit of the doubt or nothing's ever really, you know, doesn't ever come back in that way then you have to probably get past the apology and have a bigger conversation about why this isn't happening. You know, why? Yeah. But just for a straight up yeah. apology, it's important to yeah to not like load it up with all that other stuff. Because it's so nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for somebody to, to deliver a genuine apology, ideally it would be genuinely received. And that doesn't even necessarily mean that in that moment, all trust is restored. But that rarely, yeah. Somebody is sorry. Somebody acknowledges that they're sorry, and that that can be even just like one tiny little link that benefits the relationship. Yeah, it's like emotional first aid. It, it's just you know because you put a you apply first aid doesn't mean it's healed instantly. It's just that you've handled it. You've like you've applied some sort of relief to it. You've signaled that you're not a threat anymore. You've signaled that you know, you, you care as well, that you're not going to keep doing more damage. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a turning point that says, I recognize what I did. I feel badly about it. And of course, I mean, you can definitely ruin an apology by not changing what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Mean, that's certainly I mean, something you that can almost do. seems so obvious. It's weird to say that, you know, but some people, of course, you know, it doesn't mean anything if they really haven't taken any measures or done anything different. I mean, that's an old boy who cried wolf kind of thing. I mean, that's, that's a, that is just like the law of gravity. It's like something has to be different for the apology to have any meaning. Yeah. But the apology, if it's expected that the apology means that the other person stops hurting, then you don't understand first aid. Yeah. Because it's the same principles as physical injuries. Yeah. There's really no difference. Hmm. And in some cases, it, emotional injuries can take longer. Sure. <laughs> then what purpose does the apology serve? Well, I think it creates a lot of safety. Okay. I think it signals to the person that's been injured that they're not alone, that they're not crazy, that we've all just acknowledged reality. I think that when when somebody says, you know, when there's a really healthy apology, it's coming with this recognition that that thing happened. Yeah. I think I've told this story. I don't know if it's in this on this podcast or somewhere I've told it. So if you've not heard this, if you've heard this story, forgive me, but do you remember that time with our oldest son swinging the lacrosse stick? Hmm. That story? Are we? Yeah, tell it. When our oldest son was a teenager, he played lacrosse and he was in the living room like a teenage boy, totally unaware, just swinging it around. And uh, on the very end of a lacrosse stick, if, if you've never held one, it's, it's got a plastic basket yeah. that's hard plastic with a net. And so it's, you know, it's painful. If you get hit by it and uh, his little sister, who would have been four or five at the time, he swung it around and I think he smacked Smacked her right in the head. Smacked her pretty good, yeah. So she started crying and he's looking over at me and just trying to plead his case. Like, I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, it was an accident. You know, so he's, she's crying louder the more he's pleading his case and like nothing's getting better. And this was one of those rare good parenting moments for me. 
not rare. I'm just teasing. (laughs) You know how it is though when you, Oh yeah. Everything comes together. Oh yeah. So I said to him, I said, just pause. I said, stop what you're doing. Kneel down at her level, look her in the eyes and just acknowledge that you hit her in the face. Just acknowledge it. It happened. Just acknowledge it. And like, let her know that you feel terrible about it, but let her know, tell her. So he kneeled down and he said to her, he said, I hit you in the face. That's all he said. And she stopped crying almost immediately. Really? Yeah. And then he, of course, held her and told her he was sorry. But like, but just, I remember that how it was crazy. She's like just this little kid. And all he said to her was, I hit you in the face. That's all she needed him to say. Because the whole time he'd hit her in the face. And all he was saying to me was, I didn't mean to hit her in the face. I didn't do anything wrong. It's not my fault. Like he was so preoccupied with his innocence. Yeah. That he was ignoring the fact. So when you ask, what does an apology do? In some ways, it can stop the bleeding. It can just be, again, emotional. For, it's just this sense of like, this really happened. I think it can help stop a lot of that spinning and help put both people in reality and create a moment where everybody's just like, okay, it's like, ha, oh, this is real. Yeah. And if it's done from that place, just like he did, or it's like, I hit you, I did this. It wasn't like I kind of hit you or it wasn't that hard. Or other people have been hit harder. Yeah. I'm sorry if you were upset that you got hit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It wasn't full of qualifiers and Uh footnotes and all kinds of excuses. It was really just a straight up describing exactly what happened. That's been one of my favorite examples of the power of just owning Mm -hmm. something, which to me, an apology is just owning something. So maybe, I mean, it could really be that simple. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I hurt you. I'm Uh sorry. Yeah. No backstory, no comparisons, no minimizing, no buts. That's hard because you have to be regulated enough on the inside. You have to be clear enough and trust enough that you don't have to build a massive case of any yeah, kind. That is a very mature response. It's so hard to, to do. It's so yeah. hard to do. And so, but what a what a great thing to develop. And and if you've ever, if you're listening to this and you've ever received an apology like that, I mean, think about how that's felt. Because we've all received crap apologies. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we all have plenty of most experience of with t- those. Yeah. Most of the time they're- They're like, they're doesn't messy. leave us feeling better. They usually yeah. are just like, oh, okay, I guess that's better than nothing. I don't, yeah. you know. But to get a straight up, I did that. I'll tell you who's one of the best apologizers is uh, Brett McKay. Really? He is the you- founder of Art of Manliness, mm-hmm. an online men's magazine. And so he's a blogger, podcaster- Great guy, but I followed him for years and he'll send out emails to his list about things. And so if he ever has like an email error or some glitch in the system or something doesn't come out on time or whatever else, his apologies are just so direct. Okay. So give us an example. No excuses, no explanations even. Okay. It's like the buck stops there. It's like really powerful. Uh, Just things like our system, we were supposed to be up and running for this. We weren't available. We, you know, we didn't get it done on, on the time. We are, you know, we're very sorry for not showing up like we promised we would. We let you down. You guys were expecting that. We didn't come through. Here's when we'll have it fixed. I mean, it's just, huh. it's like, it's nothing you'd hear from generally from corporations. Yeah. You know, and things like, well, it's unfortunate. And we, you know, all, all this. Things that like out of our control yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Wow. So it's just so refreshing whenever he, I see one of his, his apologies, like, oh man, that's so mature. That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. So 
hopefully this is, you know, this gives you a, a start. I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of how to, how to really do a healthy apology, it is a practice. Yeah. And if you're like me, you'll have lots oh of opportunities, right? We do. We, yeah. All of us. All of us. Yeah. I'm not pretending that I'm like much more prone to mistakes than anybody else. We're all in this together, but yeah, I just know that I've had to practice it quite a bit. So I'm very in touch with that. Yeah. So I hope that you have a personal commitment to improve your apologies mm-hmm. and see what happens with your relationships. Try it. Mm-hmm. Try just doing this direct thing and see what happens and the ability to do that and regulate your own emotions and stop trying to manage the message and manage the emotions and manage everything. Yeah. Will yeah, be more well said. will be liberating, I think. So mm. thanks everyone for joining us. Yep, glad you were here with us again. Yep, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. <laughs>